0: I'm your host, Brian Willey, along with my co-host, John Kesselring. Episode 52 features former head coach of Recori High School and current superintendent of Henning Public Schools, Mike Rowe. Coach shares strategies and insights for coaches preparing for interviews for head coaching positions. Coach Rowe shares a unique perspective with our audience, having both administrative and coaching experience. He also gives tangible tips that coaches can take with them and use in preparation for winning their next head coaching interview. This season, Intentionally Grounded is partnering with First Down Playbook. For coaches looking for a playbook software that is user-friendly and can deliver the clarity necessary to share and communicate your scheme with coaches and players alike, check out First Down Playbook. For more information, check out their website at firstdownplaybook.com. And for our listeners of our show, enter the code igfb twenty when purchasing individual or program memberships to receive a discount at checkout. Again, that code is IGFB20. Don't forget to check out our website at IGFootballCoach.com for all our blog posts and podcast episodes. And check out our newly released YouTube channel that houses the videocast version of our podcast episodes as well, along with additional content related to leadership, football, and coaching development. Season 3, Episode 2 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach Mike Rowe starts now. Okay, Coach, so last time we spoke with you, uh, you were the head coach at Recoree High School, but have since moved into an administrative role in the heading school district. How difficult of a decision was it for you to make this transition? Oh, I think anytime
1: you're going to make changes, it's 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 a difficult decision. You know, you're going to move your family, and you're going to leave a place that has been, you know, a great place to our family and done all, all kinds of good things for me personally and my my kids and everybody so it was a difficult decision but I guess it's like anybody you know you're not ever in a rush when you get those admin licensures but they sure uh, burn a hole in your in your pocket there and then you kind of you know you just take the opportunities when they when they come.
0: Now we're entering the part of the off season for coaches where it's becoming hiring season and coaches are starting to venture out and apply for new jobs and having spent time as a head coach and also having spent time as an administrator, you've been on both sides of this entire process. So, you know, when you were putting yourself into the the coaching shoes right now, when you were a coach applying for a potential job, what were some of the things that you focused on in the process to help you land that job?
1: Oh, I think when I was um, like, the first thing is always, you know, you got to look at, at the program. I think when there's jobs that are opened up, um, usually the season didn't go obviously the way it was probably supposed to. You know, very rarely do you find uh, a winning program that uh, you know is looking for a coach unless they they kind of move um, to a different place. So I think like the first thing I always try to organize is is the culture stuff um, that I put together. Like how are we going to develop that culture? Develop calendars um, so your coaches understand what your you know what the off season is going to look like because hopefully you're getting an off season if you're, if you're getting hired in that process. And then, um, really just, you know, selling yourself to, um, the interview committee, you know, what type of person that you are, because I think everyone's looking for, uh, someone that's, uh, a good person who has high character, who's going to hold kids accountable and those kind of things. So you just kind of, uh, go through those processes when you're, when you're kind of looking, uh, for those jobs as they come up.
0: Now on the administrative side of things, you know, when you're going through applications and sometimes that could be hundreds of applications, sometimes it could be, you know, there's a dozen applications depending on the job. Um, and you're deciding which are the final few you're actually gonna decide to interview. What are some of the things you're looking for or what are some of the things we could give to advice for coaches who wanna get their resume or cover letter noticed?
1: You know, I think you wanna list like the things that um, that you kind of accomplished. Um, on and off the field, Um, I think by showing that shows, you know, how have you, you know, depends on obviously what the school is looking for. Like, so say for instance, we're looking at trying to to develop a winning culture. So what are the things that you have done or programs that you've been a part of that, you know, have been successful uh, in in creating those things there? So those would kind of be the first things I'd have is those things listed there. Um, I always, you know, would recommend having strong Uh, character references for for those coaches having those laid out because those are going to get contacted um, for sure uh, to what you've done but I also want to make sure that they haven't rushed through the process you know a lot of people want to skip being the assistant and doing some of the hard work and just jump right into that head coaching thing so I think there there is a point like you don't want to where experience comes in you know not you know but have you been a part of a place? you know, five, 10 years, you know, if you learn some things and having those laid out on that, on that resume, um, are, are really big things that, you know, that are going to help pop out to, to the interview committee and the people that are looking.
0: And then when it comes time to actually go into the interview, I know that's very, tumultuous time sometimes in terms of the nerve department for a lot of coaches and getting that initial interview call is really kind of a, you know, exciting time. But then also there's a little bit of panic that sets in with some coaches because they're nervous about how they're going to present themselves. So, you know, when we have our coaches starting to show up, what are some of the things that you would recommend they do to prepare themselves so that they're going to present themselves the best way possible?
1: You know, I think always, you know, contact, I think calling ahead, um, creating some kind of uh, contact, With whoever the you know if it's the athletic director that's kind of the point of contact i think calling ahead talking to those people kind of trying to you know having questions prepared in that one-on-one setting maybe over the phone or however it ends up being so you can kind of understand like maybe what what that particular school or program what they're looking for because i think that would help lay out and calm some of those nerves because if you have an idea of what you want to to present that always makes you a little more prepared and a little more calm. I think if you go in there blind where you don't know what's going on, you know, that's when those nerves kick in and you you might start, you know, stumbling around a little bit with some of those questions.
0: And what are some of the things you would recommend they bring with them? Is it, you know, a copy of the resume, a copy of the cover letter, a portfolio? What are some of the things you would recommend? Yeah,
1: I think, it. you know, depending on how well-known you are, if you're like an internal candidate that's interviewing, you know, I think you know you probably don't need the resume and those kind of things but if you're really trying to sell yourself you know i think having showing that you're prepared having some kind of binder portfolio um just to either give or have the committee look at um always nice to see like what they're laying out what they what they kind of intend to do that doesn't mean that's the way it's always going to go because once you get there you might go oh geez yeah we we're gonna be a spread team but we're definitely built to be a power run team so it's like some of those philosophies might not match up that way um if you're new coming in yeah definitely you know you want to have that resume that cover letter um you know anything that you can sell yourself with and then obviously bringing in that portfolio or laying out some kind of lay of the land you know less is more you don't want to be just overwhelming and bring a 500 page nfl binder into the meeting you know because right. they're not going to look through all that but Having just some some basic things at hand, a philosophy, a vision, those kind of things, those uh, always help out.
0: You know, another thing I've always wondered too is, you know, as you enter this interview room, oftentimes there might be, you know, several candidates or not candidates, excuse me, several members sitting around a table. How important is that greeting when you enter the room? Is it important to go, you know, physically shake each one's hand? I mean, what kind of tone does that set on in that initial greeting coming into the room?
1: Uh, you know, I'm old school that way. I. I really think the greeting uh, kind of important, you know, I've had some of those loose fish handshakes and that kind of like, okay, well, you better blow me away because I can tell you're, you're nervous here. Um, it, you know, those things are, I, I think, making good eye contact, you know, you are, uh, you know, you are going to be the face of, of the program. So how you present yourself, you know, uh, coming dressed nicely, some of those first impressions mean a lot, you know, I'm not saying that those are the deal breakers, but some of those help, you know, set uh, more of a positive tone. Um, especially a lot of the interviews I've been a part of, like whether it be a teaching position, coaching position, um, you know, head cook, whatever it would be, you know, those things really do um, have a little bit of weight, uh, at least getting started, um, especially the way we kind of look to score things uh, where I'm at.
0: Now, once the, Actual interview gets underway. I mean, obviously, they're going to have their set of questions, and they're going to look for certain things that come from the content. But in terms of an administrative standpoint, or other committee members, what are you actually evaluating as the interview is going on?
1: Oh, yeah. There's there's always so many things. I think I think how they answer the question is is always good. I think everyone kind of has their own ideas uh, of what they want those answers to be um, in the interview. But I think I I definitely take a lot of notes. I don't. I don't make a lot of eye contact necessarily, probably not as much as I should when I'm interviewing somebody, but I'm listening and I'm putting down all my my little reminders, um, things that I like that they said. I'm definitely doing that stuff. You know, from the person being interviewed, you know, I want them, you know, having eye contact in the room, um, taking their time. They don't have to rush through the questions. You know, if they pause, just that's one thing. I think people think they got to go right away. A simple pause is okay think compose yourself jot yourself down a couple notes so you stay on track to to what you want to to present with that question and then just go go from there
0: Now, one of the common questions that a lot of coaches get and i you know i've certainly got it in my own um, interviews in the past is the obvious the strength and weakness question and that can sometimes be a a trip up question for some people because they don't know exactly how to sell themselves so when you are approaching a strength and weakness question in terms of what are your strengths as a coach or what are your weaknesses as a coach? What are some of your advices or what are some tips you would have to help people nail that question?
1: Yeah, I think I think one thing that everyone's always looking for, for at least the strength, I think it doesn't matter what is is like. You know, are you a good communicator? How do you handle those things um, when it comes to uh, keeping in touch with parents and players and those kind of things? It just seem you know what I mean. We're an instant um gratification area and we we get information at the click of our fingertips you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so being able to communicate and how you're going to handle all the different ways to communicate with those groups i think that's really important for for a strength that way um and then i then it's just you know being yourself everyone has different um you know strengths some people are energetic enthusiastic i think you know depending where the program is at um, those are always a good good point to go to um, I always used to well I still do probably to this day you know enthusiasm is probably my one of my biggest strengths and my biggest weaknesses you know sometimes I'm uh, I'm a lot you know to handle that way and, and you know we I think we all struggle with the weakness one but I think just what they're what people are trying to get from that question is that you're just you you know that I have an area to concentrate on and especially um, when you're an inner Interviewing and answering a weakness question, I think you talk about you know this is my my weakness. You know maybe I'm inexperienced right now, but you know I've talked to such and such a coach, um, you know who's done uh, you know won five state titles, and so I've sat down with them to figure out how can I be better. And you know so you, then you build on how that negative, how you're wanting to continue to learn, um, so you can make that a strength of yours. So I think you just kind of got to play the game a little bit when you're answering um, those types of questions.
0: Now, how about X and O knowledge? How important do you think in terms of landing a head football coaching job is X and O knowledge and being able to demonstrate that in the interview?
1: You know, I think it's just depending on, you know, who you are. I think uh, most people that are interviewing nowadays, they, you know, they're either calling the offense or the defense. It just seems to be trending that way right now that the head coach is just not a head coach. Um, so. I think having that knowledge is important. I think being able to present, you know, um, what your strength is. You know, uh, when I went to Recori, I had been a defensive guy. I coached, you know, four years at the college level, and I was a defensive coordinator um, and defensive back coach forever. And I went into Recori saying, you know, I'm going to call the offense because at the end of the day, if the program isn't scoring points, I want to be accountable, you know, for that. And I hadn't called an offensive play Ever in my life, you know what I mean? And so uh I'd always been, you know, on the what I would consider now the dark side. Now I don't even, you know, hardly know what's going on defensively anymore with the trends. But, you know, you know, so I came in and I just presented a little bit about, you know, where I what I saw the philosophy being, not necessarily drawn up, you know, you know, how we're gonna run inside zone or anything like that. I think every group is different. I think the bigger the school, you know, certain states um, they may have more weight on that. Uh, X is an old portion. I know being in Minnesota, um, typically I don't hear a lot of that, you know, maybe, maybe some of the bigger 6A jobs, uh, maybe might have a section in their interview where you're, where you're talking about philosophy and scheme and, you know, drawing up plays, but, but, you know, other than college level, my first, you know, first college interview, that's the only time I ever had to, even draw anything up on the board and do that and that can be nerve-wracking too you know what I mean if you haven't you know it's just not drawn up in on your whiteboard anywhere so if you do have to stand up and do that stuff uh, make sure that you're you're prepared because uh, that might just be as hard as answering questions because they might pick apart certain things just because of their their knowledge base.
0: Another question that often gets brought up and it can sometimes also be a tricky question for some coaches to answer is the question about their discipline policy Um, in some question related to the discipline policy and whether it be attendance related or a code of conduct related, what advice would you give us coaches when crafting and presenting their discipline policy?
1: Yeah, I think less is more on that. You know, I think you don't want to have 20 rules that handcuff you. I would say the same, like in a classroom or anything like that. You want to have, pretty simple, concise, uh, rules that people follow. Obviously, you, you know, when you're coaching at the high school level, you know, academics is super important. You know what I mean? You want to make sure that that is, is, uh, is pushed to your players and that they're taking that serious. So talk a lot about where you sit in the classroom, you know, how you respond. Yes, sir. You know, yes, ma'am. To when teachers are speaking to you, because that does mean a lot. Um, so like the classroom part, always functional. I think most times when, uh, when I was a head coach, disciplinary action was because of something that happened in the classroom. But, you know, if you hold everyone accountable from your, your, you know, your top players to your bottom players, and they're all held to the same standard, then it usually, you know, trickles itself. I think it took like two years and then the kids realized, Ooh, you know, he's serious. He's walking in the classes and checking to see where that I'm sitting in the front row and I'm paying attention and, Um, after that, then it just kind of took care of itself, you know? So those things I think is really important. I think code of conduct is super important. You see a lot of situations out there where hazing um, stuff that's happening in the locker room that, that, you know, some stuff is just, you know what I mean? That you read about um, in some of these situations. So it's really important to stress like the character, how you handle it. It's important that, you know, coaches are monitoring the kids. They're responsible for them, you know, people are out of the building at six o'clock at night. So you got to make sure, you know, kids are getting rides and those kind of things. So I think uh, code of conduct is, is super important and needs to be taught to kids. And it's a good lesson, you know, sitting out a quarter for, you know, messing up is going to help them in the long run before they do something worse where, you know, they can't play football anymore type of situation. Um, so, but I think really, you know, if you have, those simple things, you know, be on time to meetings, be on time to class, simple rules like that, you know, you know, listen to adults, you know, and don't do anything detrimental to the team. Those, you know, three simple rules like that would, would carry a lot of weight um, and they're vague enough that you can kind of put, um, you know, let them know that, hey, you messed up. And I think also, um, as, as I'm talking about this, I think you got to communicate it to the parents so that the parents understand, you know, it's one thing telling the kids, but we know uh, mom and dad, you know, they, they love their, their little Joey very, very much. And so at the end of the day, if, if they don't know, they'll be like, well, what the heck are you talking about? We, we never heard about this. So you just got to cover all your bases. It is a, you, it, and that comes back to communication that you gotta be real thorough in everything that you do. And you know, if you don't know how you're going to manage that as a discipline. And then, know, then don't have it, throw it away. You got to make sure you have an answer for everything.
0: And how about with how you would recommend dealing with or presenting that you would deal with and work with a booster club? Because in many districts, the booster club is very important and active. And so they want to know how they're going to be inter- introduced to the program and how they're going to be involved.
1: Yeah, with, uh, with the booster club and, and I would guess in, in those situations that they're going to have one or two of those board members, um, you know, in the interview, two when they're hiring you. So hopefully, you know, you've made that good impression, you know, like anything when you're meeting with, with new boards, you know, you got to, got to attend those meetings um, so that you can kind of communicate and you can also create the narrative that you want to present to them. Cause you know, in anything that you do, there's always going to be, um, you know, side conversations or hearsay going around. Um, and so that way when you're at those meetings or communicating with them, um, they know what, what actually is going on because they're hearing it from you um, and those kind of things. And I, I think they want to have value, but you also got to set those those boundaries that, you know, you're not here to micromanage the program. You know, I'm here to, you know, be the head coach of the program, to lead the program. You know, I need your guys' support. You know, I'm going to be at every event that you guys are running to help fundraise. I'm going to get kids to help support uh, the program, you know, having your kids thank them you know, writing thank you notes and those kind of things, just, you know what I mean, general Mm -hmm. things that, that really help them uh, feel that importance, but you don't want to have that micromanaging, um, you know, committee that uh, is going to, uh, you know, handcuff you from doing the things that you want. Because sometimes they feel like, oh, we're the, we're the board of directors in this program, you know, we're going to dictate how uh, we want things to go. And you just got to set those, those boundaries so that everyone um, is, is understanding what's going to happen.
0: No, not to go too negative on things at all, but in terms of the, the negative side of things, and what are some of the ways that are you know, the most common in terms of how people oftentimes will lose a job during an interview? What are some of the more common things that you can think of?
1: Oh, I, you know, it, some of it just comes down to, you know, you can tell that maybe they're not necessarily being themselves. I think that's a big thing is if you're trying to be fake, you can sometimes uh, – uh, Tell how they're how they're presenting those things. I think some interviews may be lost, like based on you know references and you know maybe not getting a strong enough uh, backing. You know because we generally before you know if we have it down to final three, we're gonna we're gonna contact all those references of those three individuals, and and really you know ask some questions about how they you know how they handle and those kind of things. And sometimes it's just you know the way they answer a question. It's just not you know what the program wants and so that's why you know when said earlier you know taking that time take a deep breath think about what you're going to respond with what you're going to say those things are very important because you know just one twist of words might rub someone the wrong way and 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 put you down even though you might be a good fit for it but you know you you just kind of stumble around on something um, that you probably you know should avoid so just trying to to really be thorough in your responses, um, but also not, you know, taking the time to think about what you want to say. And then at the end, you know, it should work out for you, but that's generally, you know, it's either a reference isn't, isn't really supporting, you know, what they want or it's mm-hmm. yeah, the philosophy just doesn't match, you know, what we're looking for.
0: Okay. So then more on the positive things, what's a piece of advice that you can give coaches to help them win the interview during the interview process?
1: Yeah, you know, like winning the interview. I think the big thing is being yourself, having a big smile, having energy. You know, football, something that's tied. Like you got to have it. If you're, if you're slouching in your chair and you're t- and you're talking, you know, real slow, it's like you know, it's not the in- the impression that you know that you're looking for. You know, I look at Minnesota and you look at P.J. Fleck. You know, he's honest, he's true, he doesn't veer away from who he is. But he's high energy. He's holding people accountable. You know. Come off with that it's like yeah heck yeah i'm hiring you you know mm-hmm. um but you know like those things are are just like the right things to to come in you know first impression how you're dressed you know don't be coming in, in a polo just dress shirt and tie even if it's not really your style you know those all those little things add up um when you're when you're doing this because you don't know what the other people are doing and you know sometimes you, you get lucky and you interview three really good people uh, for and it doesn't work out for for two of them, but you know they're all three were were really good. Sometimes it's it's pretty much a, you know you interview one person and you know right then and there that's the person that we that we want. But typically, I think having good energy, making good eye contact, um, you know, coming in dressed nice, um, I think those little things there, taking time, you know, everything that we've kind of touched on today. All those things are going to help you at the end of the day uh, win that interview and hopefully get that dream job that they're looking for.
0: The last question for you: We'll just say that everything has worked out well for you and you've been able to land that job, maybe that first head coaching job or the next head coaching job. What's the one piece of advice you'd give to coaches on the first thing they should do once they get named the head coach?
1: You know, at the high school level, you're typically not hiring the, an assistant um, group. That group is generally in. the program already Uh, first thing that i would always recommend is you know you talk to the ad like hey what were some of the things that were going really good that you heard about what were some of the things that weren't and then reach out to those assistants and really you know either sit down with them one-on-one because and then take notes on you know have some questions prepared Uh, you know what were the strengths of the program what were things that they would change you know, kind of gather all that information because there's going to be a, a story in there that kind of ties it all together and, and then really trying to figure out, you know, where position groups Maybe they were in the wrong position group. You know, maybe they tell you, you know, like I played running back like um, in college and everything, but I'm coaching defensive line and I don't really know, you know what I mean? So you can make those adjustments. But I really think reaching out to that assistant group um asking them questions uh reaching out to the athletic director you know find out his impression of of what they're looking for and then uh from there you're able to hopefully start you know building and then you know after you've talked to those guys and schedule that team meeting and and go from there but i would really get that support and start building that trust with that assistant group because it's hard like sometimes they just skip that step and they go right into talking with the team we haven't developed a relationship with anybody so like, you know, how's it gonna really, you know, take off if you, if you haven't really discussed it? And I, you know, in the jobs that I've had, I think that's one of the main things, like reaching out to the people in the organization, that's number one, and you kind of are able to build everything else from there.